Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares started the day on a solid footing after global markets ended mixed overnight. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was up 0.7% to 3,187 points after some 31 million securities changed hands in the broader market. And let's take a look at the numbers while they are firming up on the SGX. The Straits Times Index currently up 1.07% and we are looking at 3,200 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 809 million Sing dollars. Now, gainers outnumbered losers 369 versus 227. Top five movers by value we have here DBS, OCBC, UOB, Ctrim and Singtel. Heavily traded securities, Ctrim, Thai Beverage and Rex International. Now, in terms of companies to watch for today, we do have Singtel because uh, South Korea's Kakao Bank is joining Singtel, Grab and Mtech Group to invest in Indonesia's Superbank by acquiring a 10% stake in newly issued shares. Now, elsewhere from Chinese EV startup WM Motor falling for bankruptcy to Samsung's Q3 profit set to slump 80%. The mobility and semiconductor industries continue to be in focus. And joining us on the line is Kun Go, head of Asia Research at AM. Kun, welcome. Hi, good afternoon. Great to have you on board. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the SDI fare so far today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Well, there was a solid performance by the Singapore stock market, and this was in line with the rally that we've seen right across the region. Uh, sector-wise, it was fairly broad-based uh, increase. Uh, nothing really stand out, but you know the financials uh, you know did well. I think on the back of the uh, slightly lower U.S. bond yields, which have helped take pressure off uh, markets. Mm, any surprises today when it comes to the biggest movers, particularly amid the ongoing Israel-Gaza conflict? Has that filtered down to sectors exposed to the region? Well, to be honest with you, Asia isn't really directly exposed in yeah. terms of trade to that part of the world. Uh, so the main focus is the impact on oil prices. And thankfully, oil prices did not carry on rallying uh, after yesterday's move. And so as a result, that has uh, uh, resulted in uh, somewhat of a calmness returning to markets, which is why we've seen you know, equities uh, railing today. Hmm. And in terms of sector news, Kuhn, South Korea's Kakao Bank is joining Grab, Singtel and Mtech Group to invest in Indonesia's Superbank. What does this really tell us about the appetite for digital banks here in Asia and how would that reshape the banking industry in the near term? Well, this is uh, Kakao Bank's first overseas uh, foray and uh, it's a full digital bank in South Korea and I guess they see the attractiveness of Southeast Asia and the move into Indonesia I think in particular uh, makes sense because you know, Indonesia is the most populous country in this part of the world, 280 million population uh, and half of its residents over 15 actually do not have access to bank accounts. So this is perfect for a digital bank and given that uh, the geographical spread of Indonesia makes it very easy to have physical presence, uh, having a digital uh, bank will allow uh, more penetration into uh, you know the residents that are currently unbanked. Uh, and in that regard, partnering with ex- established uh, players, mm. uh, I think, uh, makes sense for Kakao Bank. Mm. How do you think that would reshape the industry, though, in terms of traditional banks? How would that disrupt them? 
I think it's not going to be disruptive in a sense yeah. because it's not really going to be competing directly against uh, the established banks. But hopefully, what this does is it allows uh, the you know population that is currently uh, unbanked or have difficulty accessing traditional banking channels to be able to ha- have access to at least a digital platform and you know, bring and hopefully move them uh, more into the formal economy. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Kun Go, Head of Asia Research at ANZ. And elsewhere, Kun, let's take a look at what's happening in China. Country Garden says it can't meet all offshore debt payments, setting the stage for a revamp. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think this uh, is probably something that is uh, we all knew is due. Uh, the ongoing saga of not only uh, Country Garden, but all the other Chinese property developers have been dragging on for quite some time. And given how poor sales performance has been, it's clear that there's you know, huge pressure on cash flows. There's a liquidity crunch and the inability to refinance means that it's difficult to repay existing bondholders. So the fact that they're now uh, signaling that uh, potentially they could you know, go into default, uh, I think is not to be unexpected. The question yeah. is, you know, how will this unravel in uh, the coming days and weeks and whether or not other uh, developers as well will undergo a similar uh, type of path. Mm, and elsewhere, Kuna, let's talk a little bit more about Chinese EV landscape, right? EV startup WM Auto has fought for bankruptcy as well because price competition in China for EVs is heating up. How has the e-mobility sector performed thus far, looking at the performance of the likes of NIO, BYD and other Chinese domestic players? Well, if you look at China, China is now the largest exporter of electric vehicles globally. Uh, so that sector has really taken off in China. Now, having said that, obviously, it's still a very, very competitive market. And unless you have scale, uh, it's actually very, very difficult. I mean, you're, you have the likes of Tesla, obviously, which dominates BYD. Uh, you mentioned new and also Rivian. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, if you don't have skill or you don't have um, a backer with deep pockets, it's actually very hard uh, to compete given the capital intensity. So in this regard, I guess news that the, the, the company has decided to call it quick quits uh, should not come as a, as, a, as a surprise. At the end of the day, I think only a handful of companies uh, will survive and dominate. I think the rest that are smaller will probably uh, find themselves falling by the wayside. Mm, and finally, before we let you go, uh, Kuhn, Samsung Electronics' third quarter profit expected to drop 80% from a year ago as effects of an ongoing global chip glut continue to drive losses. How are semiconductor firms faring more broadly? Is supply chain disruption still a major dampener or has that eased up? Well, this is not really uh, as a result of supply chain disruptions. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that uh, there's an over- inventory overhang, yeah. uh, which has been driving prices for memory chips lower. Uh, demand has also uh, reduced uh, for the you know, general chips. Uh, so this is expected to be reflected in Samsung Electronics, uh, you know, drop in profits. Uh, but going forward, we've noted that there's already a pickup in global semiconductor sales over the last few months. Probably not sufficient to rescue these uh, coming quarters uh, profit results from Samsung Electronics. But certainly it does suggest that the outlook might start to improve from here on in. So this might mark hopefully the, the bottom of the profit cycle uh, mm. and might start to see some improvements going forward. Thanks a lot, Kun. That was Kun Go, head of Asia Research at ANC. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.